Hi and welcome to the Spencer Lodge podcast. I'm your host Spencer Lodge and today we had the great fortune to interview the awesome, really awesome guy, Liam Ryan. Now he teaches people how to invest in real estate and make money through it but his backstory about how he battled um, alcohol addiction and drug addiction is really something that was really compelling to listen to and I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. Let's get stuck in, cue the music. Hello, mate. How you doing? Po- podcasting. Hey, love it. Do you do most of this kind of stuff? I do. I've got my own podcast, yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah, called? yeah. Liam Ryan, the dealmaker. Liam Ryan. Liam the Ryan, the dealmaker. And where did you get yeah, that name from? Cool. Well, it was just a, a name that I've had for years, actually, being in business, because I've always been really good at putting deals together and pretty much being like a middleman. So just connecting the dots, making sure we create a win-win. And I've been doing that really since I was like six and seven in the school playground. So the name has stuck <laughs> with me for many, many years. So the podcast launched last year. I've done 27 episodes and now just ramping up to do at least one a week. That's my commitment to myself and to my followers. That every Monday at 8.30, they'll get my podcast. Excellent stuff. Cool. cool. You enjoy doing it? Love doing it. Yeah. Love doing it. So what I do when I do my podcast is I do like maybe a Facebook Live and yep. at the same time use that content for the podcast. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I do a yeah. Facebook Live on a Sunday night and that goes out, so I've got content. Yeah, yeah, yeah slightly just... different. But we we take one in, uh, one minute micros as well from the podcast, so the video we produce gives us then some, some marketing material to go out because people don't necessarily know who my guests are some yeah. of the time, and when they don't know, it's, they're not always going to listen to a whole podcast. Maybe yeah. there's a couple of little bits. Well, maybe you say something valuable today, <laughs> and we take that, little snippets that will help. Now, fellow Essex boy. Yeah, that's it. So our accents are the same, yeah. so the audience out there will that's it. <laughs> at last see that. Tell my audience for the benefit of them, what is it you do, mate? Okay, so I'm a property investor, developer, entrepreneur, business owner, and I specialise in using other people's money to build a property business, and this is what now what I teach. So I'm an educator. I run a training business, a property investment business, and within property, we specialize in HMOs, houses in multiple occupancy, um, land development, commercial conversions. That's our main focus. We do other strategies as well, Yeah. but that's what we typically focus on. So how does something like that start for someone like you? Where does it come from? You know, wow. Getting involved in it and then wanting to teach it. Yeah, so I've been in property on and off for a long time. Uh, my first outing in property, unfortunately, wasn't the best experience. I made a lot of mistakes. I invested in new builds, golf courses, glossy brochures. I spent a lot of time in Spain. I got sold to by really hot, gorgeous estate agents. <laughs> I bought at the height of the market. And unfortunately, my first time round, I lost a lot of money. Now, I realized that it wasn't that the game was wrong. It was just that the player wasn't playing it right. So there was always this thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to become a professional property investor again. Yeah. So I moved back to the UK in 2014 and then through my renewable energy business, I met who is now my business partner, Jay Munoz. He's a chartered civil engineer, um, a real smart guy. He's the brains in the relationship. He's the numbers guy. He's worked alongside Alan Sugar and helped build some of the biggest buildings here in London. Uh, and I met him through my solar business, and I was like, hmm, could be onto something here. And we just started exploring working together. Um, he took me to a property 
investment course in London. And there I was at the end of the day, at the back of the room, buying courses and mentorship. And that's how I started my journey. And that was in September 2015. And you regard yourself as a, an optimist, a positive person? I'm really positive, yeah. Always have been? Always have been, ever since I can remember being, being really young. I've always got a go-get sort of attitude. Yeah. I'm not a problems person, I'm a solutions person. And this is what I try and teach people. How do you as well. deal with people around you that might be those those cynical cynical types that say they're realists, not cynical, <laughs> and those people that generally are looking at the world through a, 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 a negative perspective? Yeah. Does it rub? Do you ignore them? Does I, it annoy you? Does I, I, it wind you it, up? It doesn't. It doesn't wind me up because no. they are who they are. And if I come across those people, I'll always try and help. But some people, unfortunately, you can't help. So I need to spend my time around good people around positive people, around successful people. You know, you are the average of the five people you hang around with. So yeah. I haven't got the time, and you have to be quite ruthless in business. If you want to get somewhere, you just got to cut negativity out of your life and just, just get rid of it. And, but, but- Keep hold in a minute. But don't do it in a way, but don't do it in a way where you, you forget about people. Like try your best, yeah. and really try your best. But if someone doesn't want to be helped, what, what can you do? No, I get that, I get that. Yeah. But you, I live in Dubai where the sun shines every day and you live in England where it <laughs> rains every day and, and most people generally tend to be more miserable than they seem to be happy yeah. in my interpretation anyway. Yeah. Do you find it hard to find positive people it, to be it, around? It is harder, I, mu I must say. I think people in general, um, and I'm generalising, find themselves in some sort of rut, some sort of crossroads in their life, some type of pain. We've all experienced pain, but you have to hear front on. I, I believe that. You know, there's no point living in the past, there's no point living in regret. I spent a lot of time living in resentment. Um, I'm in recovery, so it's a whole whole, whole different thing there. Recovery of what? Uh, from drug and alcohol addiction. Oh really? Yeah, so I'm seven years, <clears throat> uh, no alcohol, no cocaine, so I'll be eight years in September. So I had a period of my life which was very dark, full of resentment, full of fear and I was able to break through that with help and support and I spend a lot of my time now trying to help other people do the same. So I do find there's a lot of pain in the world and it's really sad and this is why I want to be an inspiration and a motivate, motivate people to say, hey look, it doesn't matter who you are or where you're at, what's happened in the past, make a decision today, stick with it, you can change your life for the better. Look, no one listening to this right now is going to allow me not to want to dig a bit deeper and find <laughs> out about that after you said what you said. Yeah. Can you give me a, a, a window on, on how that happened for you? Not the recovery, but the, 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 the decline, yeah. So even though as a kid I was like really positive, you know, brave face, always happy-go-lucky. It was... Good like, family, good environment? Yeah, good, good family. Um, my mum um, went through a few relationships. Uh, there was some, t you know, we never had lots of money. It was always quite difficult at home. And I felt from a very young age, about six or seven, that I really wanted to protect my mum. I really wanted to protect my little brother. And from a relatively young age, I became really obsessed with money. And it's like, I need money to be happy. So I, I would spend hours looking at catalogues and fast cars and private jets. And I started to buy and sell stuff in school. I was like the kid at school that could get you whatever you wanted. Um, but really what was going on underneath, I think for a lot of years I was quite deeply unhappy, insecure, always wanted to hang out with grown-ups. And what happened was, as I reached sort of like 14, 15, I started to drink and then started to party. And what became, what was social 
became daily. And by my early 20s, I was a daily user of cocaine. But I was 20, right? I'm like, I'm, I'm around people that do it all. It's acceptable. Everyone's having a good time. I could survive on three or four hours of sleep a night. I was a machine. Invincible, yeah. Invincible. And about 25, I remember thinking to myself, thinking, I want to stop this. I, I can't stop. There's a problem. And it just spiraled out of control, became a recluse, couldn't stop using, destroyed relationships, destroyed myself, spiritually, mentally, physically bankrupt, uh, in and out of a few rehabilitation centres, went out to South Africa 2008 to do rehab, and that was really the start of my real recovery, started to look after myself, and it's been a continued process. So my clean date is September 25th, 2011, that was the last time that I drank or used cocaine, which is really cool. And I spend my time now trying to help other addicts and alcoholics. So, what happens when? What happens when? I mean, I, I, I forgive me for not even exploring this. So I'm, I'm asking you can, from a naive perspective. Forgive me here if I say something that might be wrong. But you said that date was your, your the last day you took, or the day before was the last day you took the drugs and you took the alcohol. How did how did you stop? How does how does I one went, stop? I, I mean, went, I, you hear the term like cold turkey and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happens? I, w- I went through a process of recovery, and for anyone that's listening or watching this, it's called the Twelve Steps of Cocaine Anonymous. So, if there's anyone listening to this now and you believe that you've had an issue, or you have an issue of drugs and alcohol, go and seek help. Uh, get yourself to an AA meeting or a CA meeting. There'll be loads in your local area and just go and get the help and support that you need. There's a process called the 12 steps of recovery and you do that process with a sponsor. So I had a sponsor, a good friend of mine called Will. So does that mean you've got somebody that's kind of like Guided, chaperone like, like you, guiding? Yeah, yeah, okay, like yeah, okay. understand. Yeah. Yeah. So he's there for me and he's took me through that process of recovery. You have to do some stuff which is uncomfortable and then through that process you go on a, this whole thing of self-discovery and you start to love yourself. And what I truly believe it is, it's an inside job. So you start to heal yourself spiritually, you start to love yourself, you start to care for yourself, you start to care for other people. And then it's a continued daily process. Because yeah, I'm still an addict, right? I still got, but I'm, I'm addicted now to leverage. I'm addicted to making even more money. I'm addicted to going out there and helping people achieve success via business. Property. And does that is that what you learn when you're in in that type of environment that you're addicted to something? So let's try and be addicted to the right things. To so the good stuff. But they say that too much of everything is a bad thing. Well, in, in moderation. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to be careful. Yeah, you've got to have a good balance. A good balance. So, so I think it's about uh, giving back. And that's really what I try and do now where possible, is give back to communities. Uh, always be thinking, how can I help this person? What do they need? Uh, and through that process, I, I get what I need anyway. I'm not even going there yet. You can tell me that in a minute. <laughs> I want to talk to you about your mum. Yes. You said earlier on in the conversation that you, when you were younger, you wanted to kind of protect your mum, yeah. make your mum proud and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, I think a lot of people would understand that and identify with that. What happened to your relationship with your mum through the period of addiction and then recovery? Yeah, I'm really close to my mum, so I'm a bit of a mummy's boy. Uh, I love my mum. Nothing wrong in that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm a mummy's boy. My mum's like a new age hippie. She's got this like mental, like orange, crazy ass hair. (laughs) Uh, You know, she's a grafter. You know, she says what she thinks. She's always been there to support me that she was there when I went into treatment. Uh, So we're we're really close, me and my mum and my brother as well. And my mum my mum had a rocky second marriage uh, when we were younger, hence wanting to protect her and stuff did like she, that. Did she did she obviously she could see that you had your problems. 
did you push her away or did she did she do the right things to keep you close well, to I, I was living abroad for a long time so through uh, the height of my addiction no one really knew because we're very good at hiding it and I was very successful big cars big houses lots of money big business so really anyone looking in if they thought there was a problem they probably certainly didn't question it and I was very good at covering it up for a period of time but then when it all went you know broke loose then yeah I let people in and people were there to support me and that's been really cool you must have um, realized that your friends were as well during that that period yeah 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 you when you're using and drinking you know you have your using and drinking buddies and it's not really their fault but they don't stick around for too long if you're not using or drinking yeah and you you, you get a new circle of friends and you know this is why it was important for me to go into uh, recovery and go into rehab and spend time with you know the right type of people and get that support look, and, look, and you get some new mates I, I, i'm gonna be honest with you here I, I i interview a lot of people and i often get the rags to riches story and uh, and guess what everybody that has that story it has its value just like my story is mine um, I haven't I haven't interviewed somebody that's been on your journey okay and so for me to learn about this and for my audience to learn about this is a really interesting thing because you've not gone from rags to riches you've gone from addiction to riches yeah yeah and I find that quite fascinating yeah. as, a, as a path so as I can't imagine this old 12 steps thing because I've never been through it let's take it from you getting through the other side was your ambition to be rich or was your ambition to be healthy and happy uh, I've always had an ambition to be rich so so you were always. motivated at I've a young always age been motivated where by does that money. Where, where does that come from it, it comes from living on rough council estates caravan parks um, going to school with holes in my shoes, always with the wrong socks on, and seeing my mum struggle at a really young age, trying to feed me and my brother. Is that an insecurity so. that we have, or is that just maybe starts off with a bit of the green-eyed monster almost, mm. jealous of what other people might have that you don't yeah. have, and saying, I want a piece of that? Where does it come from? I, 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 just, I just associated money with being happy at a young age, and I know that's not true, because it's an inside job, but it definitely bloody helps. So from a young age, that's it. I had coping mechanisms and survival skills. I was just obsessed with business and making money and making sure. And it's one of my worst fears is losing my money. Like it scares the living daylights out of me. Really? It's, it's, and I know that doesn't make me who I am, but it, it plays it, on your mind. It plays on my mind. And so, so for me, I, I enjoy wealth and I like money and I enjoy what it does and providing for my family. Really fortunate, I'm able to put my little girl Ivy through a private school. You know, that's that's a that's Te- even the best start possible. Fearful of losing your money. Let's being imagine. Skin, let's, skin, let's imagine yeah. you were though. Let's imagine oh. tomorrow the house of cards came tumbling down and you had to start again. I'd be fine. I've got support and family around me, so I know I'd be fine. You'd just rather not go I'd there. I'd rather not have to go through it again, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any of us would, would I we? Know. I think that's why I like property as well, you know, because you get your assets, and once you've got that asset back business, kicking you out a bit of income, it does take the pressure off. So you, you let's talk about work then. Yeah. So you, you've had this journey you've been on, you come to the other side, I can clearly see you're a successful guy, and you're here speaking at the Success Summit event, which is great. But you, you now teach people how to make money through buying UK property, is that's that right? That's correct, yes. And... Property seems to be one of these things that my parents' generation, that was the investment that you would make, bricks and mortar. And then my generation, it was, yeah, of course it's valuable, but there's other stuff too. 
What do you think nowadays, people? Do you think you, you compete with people wanting to buy into the stock markets, commodities, currencies and stuff? Or do you think that, that there's just this instinct in us here in the UK to, to lean, something in our genes or our DNA <laughs> to lean into brick and mortar yeah, yeah. more because we can touch it and feel it than yeah. maybe other stuff? I think, I think history tells us, you know, years and years that property is a very safe investment. Uh, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed and you've got to make sure you make the right decision and do your research. Uh, I believe in having multiple streams of income, so I don't believe you should put all your eggs into one basket. But what I do believe is that every single person on the planet should have at least a few assets that is giving them some form of income to help replace their bills or pay for their bills. Uh, I don't think you need to overexpose yourself in the market. Uh, and I do think it's important to um, to do what you enjoy as well. So what, what I love about property is that it's enabled me now to go and speak and teach and travel the UK and go to different parts of the world and get on stages. And I do that because I enjoy doing it, not necessarily because I need to do it. So I think property will open up other avenues for people where you can really explore your dreams. You know, I've now trained lots of people that have gone on to uh, set up charities or travel the world or open up a, a boxing or go in to train people how to do yoga. But they've got the asset now that's paying their bills. Now, a lot of people, will, I, I would guess, would like the idea of being able to have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight properties on top of their home that brings them a, a rental yield yeah. or some form of income every month or year. A lot of people like the idea of that, but there's a lot of people out there that wouldn't have a bloody clue where to start, but also, even if they did, would be incredibly fearful yeah. because of the psychological positioning of the commitment of that in their yeah. own mind. Is that something you experience with people you talk to? Um, there is a fear around what do I do when I get my property deal because you know, you've got to potentially get a mortgage or you've got to go yeah. get senior funding or development funding, but that's teaching people that's good debt not bad debt and it's really good to leverage the bank's money uh, once you learn the system I've got a system called the property freedom formula now once you go through that process you have a really good grounding on what to do and what not to do and unless you completely balls it up or you've got zero education you can't go too wrong in property and there's lots of strategies out there that you can focus on. You know, you've got single lets, HMO, serviced accommodation. Okay, hold on a minute, hold on a minute, because you'll say some of this language that not everybody around the world will understand. Um, talk about your formula first. Okay. Okay, right. how do you, uh, teach me. Okay. Okay, so I, I'm your student, right, I, 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 I want to buy, don't know what I want to do. Liam, help me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I can help you by teaching you the property freedom formula. It's seven steps. Uh, which I teach in my three-day advanced property training, the Millionaire's Bootcamp. And step number one is mindset. So what we're going to do is get you in the right position to believe that number one, you can do this, mm -hmm. that you believe in yourself, and really explore all the assets that you bring to the table. Because people have this big monkey on their shoulder, and you're a great person, all the people I train are great people. So I think mindset is something you need to work on daily. You know, motivational videos, hang out with the right people. The more you learn, the more you earn, listen to podcasts. Uh, once we've finished on mindset, which is a, a daily process, step two of the process is funding. Now in order to do property, you need money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need to be your money, but you need money of some type. Sometimes you need just a couple of hundred pounds. Sometimes you need hundreds of thousands of pounds. So what I teach through my No Money Down Blueprint is how to raise investor money, how to work with investors. 
So many of my graduates um, use other people's money. Then you've got to go find deals. So step three is site finding. That's deciding on what you're gonna focus on. So I advise that you focus on your local area, no more than an hour from where you live. And I, and I teach that you focus on no more than two strategies at once. So it might be single lets to start with, maybe with land development or commercial conversions. Then through that process, you need to understand the numbers. So step four is appraisal. So I'm gonna teach you how to analyze deals, return on investment, how to pull your money out of a deal, how does a deal stack? And we've got all different spreadsheets for all the different strategies. Uh, step number five is planning. So that's knowing the rules and regulations. Because the way you do a commercial conversion is very different to what you can do with a HMO. So you've got to understand the planning conditions, uh, what the council will, what they won't allow. Mm -hmm. You also need to understand who you need in your team. Because there's different people that you'll need. So if you're doing a small refurb, then you can go to sort of the Bob the Builder type character. If you're doing a big commercial <laughs> conversion, then you'll go to a main contractor. And then you've got different solicitors and different types of brokers. Uh, so that's through planning. The next step is construction, building the stuff out. And then step seven is the exit. Are you gonna buy or sell or keep? Are you gonna retain the unit? What's the benefit of retaining the unit? Um, and that's the seven steps. And how long have you been teaching this? Uh, my first training course um, event was May 28th, 2016. So we've just celebrated three years uh, here in the UK teaching people about property and business. And it's been fantastic. We've got a good, good success rate. We, not everyone gets it. You can lead a horse to water. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't make it drink it. Mm -hmm. But we really care about our graduates. We've got a good system. It works. Yeah. And it's transformed people's lives. Which is great. Tell me what you think about coaches that haven't made it themselves that are teaching people to be successful. I think if you want to teach someone something, you need to have done it yourself. Yeah? And if there's people out there trying to wing it, then it's only going to last so long. You know, it's not fair on the community, it's not fair on the graduate. I believe everyone brings something to the party. So I don't think you need to go and wing it. I think my advice to anyone out there that wants to go and teach, just teach something that you know you're good at and you can give exceptional value to people. And I, I believe like we do property. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there that teach property, but they don't do property anymore. You know, I, I don't, you know, if I'm teaching property, if I want to do property. If, if you were going to teach me how to do this, yeah. okay, I would want to see what you'd done yourself. Yeah, so you yeah. want to come and look at my portfolio. I want to sit down with you and I want you yeah. to say, this is what I did, this is how I did it. Yeah. Okay, there's some mistakes that I made, so we won't do those. Yeah. Okay, and this is what you're going to do. Yeah. I don't want you to sit down and say, yeah, this is my theory. Yeah. This is my blueprint, but yeah. I've never done it myself. Yeah, we, we teach aesthetically. Okay. So we teach as we do the work. I, I, I get the hump big time. Yeah with the plethora of coaches that exist in the marketplace yeah. now that coach on all kinds of things yet they've never had success themselves. Coaching you how to become a millionaire when they're not a millionaire, yeah. never been a millionaire. And then all this kind of stuff I find really frustrating because if you want to learn how to drive a car, you don't learn from someone that's read a book. No. You learn from no. someone who knows how to drive. <laughs> you know, we do though, don't we? Yeah. You know, and there's no way in the world you get in a car with a driving instructor when you've never driven before that's exactly. never driven a car. Yeah. So, and every, everyone seems to be an expert with social media and YouTube yeah, yeah. and Instagram. Yeah. Like everyone's yeah. become an expert. Yeah. So my advice to anyone out there, if you're going to pay someone to go on a course or be mentored, like definitely pay money to do that. Just do your research. 
check them out, hang out with them, speak to some of their graduates. That's what I think is the most important yeah. thing. Speak to people that have worked with them. Yeah. Okay, if you speak to people that have worked with them, they're the people that have got first hand. It's the same old thing, you know, you can tell me how great you are, but if five other people tell me how great you are, that's way more powerful yeah. than yeah. whatever you say. <laughs> yeah, I find that really important. Tell me the, this event that you're at this weekend, Success Summit. Mm. Have, have you enjoyed watching the speakers so it's far? Been brilliant. Because you haven't been spoken brilliant. yet, have I've you? I've not spoken. I'm up this afternoon. They, they say uh, save the best till last, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually quite enjoy the last slot on a, on a, on a stage like this. Uh, it's good because um, you know, I've had time to build a connection with the audience anyway. All of the speakers have been fantastic. And the, the speakers that have been brought together, it's very hard to get us all together because we're busy mm. people. So, Especially on Father's Day. And it's Father's Day, yeah. So Greg and Dean and the whole team have done absolutely really well. Uh, the speakers are fantastic. The courses they provide are brilliant. And John D. Martini's on this afternoon he's as well. After me, yeah. So, so he's, he's got the final one, he's okay? Got the final, final <laughs> slot. <laughs> so when you see you know, people like John D. Martini with The Secret, very successful and a uh, great story to tell, it must be great you being on the on the roster with people like that. Well, well, just just to be here this weekend, I feel so privileged. You know, I'm Liam from Essex. I'm a normal guy. There's nothing really that special about me. I love business. I love profit. I've got a lot of energy. I love life. And to think that I made the decision just over three years, three and a half years ago to pursue professional speaking and become an inspirator motivator. Fast forward three years to now be on this stage with the likes of Greg Secker, Darren Winters, John Lee, Andy Harrington, uh, Paul O'Mahony. Uh, to be here now featuring on your podcast and to be speaking next to John Martini is an absolute dream come true. And it just goes to show, if you really want something, just make the decision and go do it. Where is it that that comes from in us? From, from there's something in the white stilettos and, and the, the Essex thing, <laughs> that, that kind of, whether it's the overflow of East London maybe yeah. from, from a generation before us um, that formed a, a, a part of the community in Essex, but there's, there's definitely this kind of like working class go out and you know and, and seeking you will achieve and work yeah. hard all that kind yeah. of I know it's said around the world but it seems to be very much so when yeah. everyone with a positive person from Essex is like it's like that grit isn't it grit. it's like yeah, do it. Uh, yeah that, that fierceness you know yeah. it's almost like the rest of the country thinks that Essex is rubbish <laughs> <laughs> don't watch the TV show <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for talking oh, to me mate it's been a pleasure. great pleasure chatting with you thank you for being open as well and honest about oh, your nice. background and great. your history it was really lovely for you to share that yeah, no problem. Yeah, so yeah, people can hook me up online and yeah. How can uh, people find you? Yeah, so uh, YouTube, just go Assets for Life on YouTube. Got really Assets good. for Life. Assets okay. for Life on YouTube. Uh, Assets for Life on Facebook. Uh, hook me up on in- on Instagram, Liam Ryan.afl, and uh, always happy to help anyone where I possibly can. Okay, we'll put the links on the bottom of the podcast. Cool, Thanks for your help, mate, and appreciate you talking to me. No worries. Cheers, pal. Thanks.